What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, we're back. We're back at it. And uh, we've got our friend Nico here to fill us in on the latest. Lots of institutions clamoring to get their hands all over your sats. Don't let them. Don't let them. Uh, we're going to be talking about a ton of different stuff. Um, craziness, obviously, more implosions, more in news about Prime Trust, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Domus continues to get slapped by Apple. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different things. Um, of course, this is live. Anything can happen, especially because I'm now using different streaming software. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, uh, I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you have not already, please do like, subscribe, share, all those things. They help a ton getting this content in front of more eyeballs. I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Before we bring in Nico, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. This is timechaincalendar.com. Uh, we're looking at 3,000. Uh, is that right? Let me give a little update here. Let's, uh, I, uh, my block clock, I think. No, that's right. All right. We're at uh, $30,433 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 3,286 sats. Uh, in terms of fees, actually not bad. And considering that the mempool is backed up by like a gig, uh, still next block, 18 sats per byte. If you're willing to wait a bit, 13 sats per byte. It is the mempool is purging anything below around six and a half sats per byte. And in terms of mine, Bitcoin, 92.45% of all Bitcoin have been mined. That is 19.42 million of them. Uh, shout out to sponsors of the show, hodlhodl.com. Uh, if you are buying Bitcoin and you've got a few priorities in mind, like peer-to-peer -peer trading, instant self-custody, no KYC, Hoddle Hoddle is the place for you. Uh, you can sign up with nothing more than an email address. Scroll down, choose your currency, choose your payment method, choose your amount, and start viewing offers immediately and stack in stacking non-KYC sats. They also have a lending platform in which nothing is ever rehypothecated. Uh, so check them out. Links are down below or right on your screen right now. You can scan that fancy little QR code that I just figured out how to do. Uh, up next, when you get non-KYC sats, uh, you're going to want to secure it in the best damn hardware on the market. And uh, again, Cold card, coin kite, everything they're doing. I love it. The Mark IV is awesome. Tap signer, sats cards, block clocks, open dimes. And I, I honestly, I'm getting so excited for the cold card Q1. It looks absolutely awesome. So if you want to reserve one of those or pick up anything else I mentioned here, head to coinkite.com and uh, use code BTC Sessions at checkout for 5% off. And uh, again, link is up on the screen here. Uh, now, if you are looking to move beyond single sig, and you want to dive into the realm of multi-sig, perhaps, uh, you can check out nunchuck.io and their assisted multi-sig setup. Basically, you set it up on your mobile device, super easy with things like the tap sign or cold card and a ton of other hardware options. Um, and they will hold one key, you hold three. They can never move your money without you, but they're there for you just in case. 
it has baked in inheritance planning so that your sats get to your next of kin. Uh, and on top of that, it's no KYC. You don't need to give them any personal information that sets them apart with other options on the market. And um, you know that uh, you don't have to give them all of your, you know, an arm, a leg and a firstborn child uh, just to set this up and have it work for you. So check them out. Uh, link is on the screen here or nunchuck.io. And finally, Start9, your sovereign computing solution. Love these guys. I'll be talking about some of the updates and stuff that they've got uh, near the end of the show. But uh, these guys are awesome. You can basically go to startnine.com and you can pick up uh, any any of uh, their options in terms of devices. They've got entry level all the way up to your pro star options. You can run Bitcoin Core, Lightning, Mempool.space, Join Market, your data, files, photos, passwords, Nostra clients, Nostra Relays, all kinds of great stuff coming out of these guys. So head over, check them out. Uh, and yeah, with that, I'm going to stop my rambling here. Got to get my buddy in here. There he is. I'm learning. How's it going, man? Yo, I'm so hyped, bro. This is dope. This is I'm, dope. I like I'm, it. I'm figuring it out. You know what I'm going to do today, too? Because, uh, you know, there's people in the chat. I would like... I'm going to I'm gonna start um, having, uh, having chat pop up here. And I want to see... I'm uh, I, I'm I'm bringing it up. But uh, new comments will be displayed, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, new comments will be displayed in uh, in the chat box there. So I'm going to try and uh, see how that goes as 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 the day goes on. So guys, drop in uh, chat messages. There we go. Yeah, it's working. Um, anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna let them flank us <laughs> with with some chat if that's okay by you. Yeah, let's fucking go. Let's do awesome. it. Awesome, cool. Well, uh, what's what's top of mind, man? What do you wanna What do you wanna chat about? What's Dude. been going on? We got a we got a financial you know we've been saying this uh, we've been saying this narrative right which is um, the the you know the the narrative in 2018 the coping narrative was the institutions are coming the institutions are coming and we've been saying that for the last couple of weeks but you know the the tsunami of institutional interests just continues to accelerate you know there's that very famous quote right there's decades where uh, nothing happens and then there's weeks where decades happen, you know, and yeah. we're definitely like living through that. So if you don't mind, Ben, if you could yeah, share the screen. There we let's go. Do let's it. pull it there up. Dude, oh, I love, you know what? I, I I love this setup, dude. This is dope. <laughs> I forgot to uh, redecorate. There we go. Now it looks better. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's fucking go. All right, this is fucking sick. Okay, awesome. Here we go. Um, All right, so... Dude, if, if I would have told you this was true, like if I would have told you this was this was this was gonna happen five years uh, five years ago, you would have told me you would have slapped me and you would have said, Nico, you're freaking crazy. So, anyways, um, so here's an article by Forbes: Spain's largest bank joins list of financial institutions exploring Bitcoin. It goes on to say Santander, Spain's largest bank, recently announced the start of a of a digital assets 101 series for customers and per, uh, prospective investors. Bitcoin advocates were impressed with the bank's writing, latching onto Santander's introduction to the Bitcoin Lightning Network as an example. And it goes on to explain what the Lightning Network is. Now, this is so crazy. Amboss CEO, uh, Jestifer on Bitcoin Twitter, um, was cited in the article. And he said that McDonald's and Starbucks, as well as, as well-known companies who have adopted Lightning, but said they did so in response to El Salvador's Bitcoin legal tender law. 
Uh, Schrader goes on to say, told me that companies like MicroStrategy and Santander are recognizing the potential of Lightning based on the technology rather than adopting it out of necessity for compliance purposes. And I just want to focus on this part where they kind of say the quiet part out loud. The Santander report estimates that the Lightning Network can facilitate over a million transactions per second compared to 20,000 per second for traditional card payment networks like Visa. This is a bank saying this. And again, I don't think that this is a coincidence that all of this is coming out um, after the BlackRock ETF announcement. It's also not in Spain. The largest bank in Germany, Deutsche Bank, um, confirmed that they uh, that they were applying for a Bayfin license for crypto custody. So the largest bank in in Germany is saying, hey, we want to get into, uh, you know, Bitcoin and shitcoin. I think it's Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, custody. The largest bank in Spain is bullish on the Lightning Network. This is crazy. This is nuts. Uh, you would have not have believed me if I would have told you this five years ago. Um, and then also a very giant bank in France as well. And it goes on to say the CACEIS, the asset servicing arm of banking giants Credit uh, Agricole and Santander. So it has been registered by French uh, regulators to provide crypto custody services. Uh, the bank, which provides services to asset managers such as insurers, pensions funds, and private equity, was registered by France's Financial Markets Authority as of Tuesday, June 20th, according to the regulator's website. And I don't know if you guys uh, saw that, but it was mentioning Santander as well. So not only are they writing really awesome stuff about Lightning, it looks like they're they're trying to get into the custody game. Now, the numbers here are absolutely bonkers, right? Um, so this specific bank has 4.6 trillion euros assets, uh, assets under custody, right? And this is on the heels of uh, companies like Fidelity, which we're going to get to in a second, 4.5 trillion. And of course, the big kahuna, which is BlackRock. And other big news, um, I know it's a lot been <laughs> Fidelity joined spot Bitcoin ETF race with fresh SEC uh, filing. So it's not only BlackRock throwing their hat in the ring, it's also Fidelity as well. And then there was a new show that was released by Swan this week called Nakamoto Portfolio Gauntlet. And in that show, which was hosted by Dom and Alpha Zeta, uh, they hosted Greg Foss, Joe Carlosari, and Elliot Johnson. Elliot Johnson is the uh, founder of Evolve ETF, which is the first Canadian spot Bitcoin ETF. And what he said during the podcast uh, really, really resonated with me. He said uh, BlackRock would, would not have applied if they didn't feel 100% sure that this thing was going to get approved. And he felt confident that he believed that the BlackRock ETF was going to get approved. So on the heels of that, I don't think it's a coincidence that you have very big banks in France, very big banks in Spain, or better said, some of the some of the biggest banks in those countries saying, hey, we want to custody your Bitcoin. And now you have this another giant, another behemoth. Uh, and this is a is an uh, Title article from Bloomberg, Fidelity joins spot Bitcoin ETF race with fresh SEC uh, filing. So this is absolutely crazy. This is a worldwide phenomenon. This isn't just, excuse me, this isn't just happening uh, in an isolated, you know, part of the globe. This is everywhere. I think uh, there's that meme, right, of like the dam and behind the dam, there's like, you know, all these financial institutions. And then below the dam, it's like this small little town and there's like little Bitcoin in there. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the dam is breaking, man. And this is incredibly bullish also, Ben, because this is happening 
uh, while Coinbase is being sued by uh, while Coinbase is being sued by the SEC. And then on top of that, uh, BlackRock is using Coinbase to uh, to file this ETF. And it looks like BlackRock doesn't really care. And then most importantly, BlackRock basically controls the world. <laughs> they own a huge percentage of every Fortune 500 company. So it's absolutely bonkers everything that's going on. I it's yeah, it's super interesting. <clears throat> one of the nice things about it, like number one, d- don't give these institutions your sats, of course. Um, but number two, it will be nice, especially seeing seeing these articles here where they're talking about lightning and they're talking about they're basically if all these institutions basically want to sell this, they're going to need to go through and, and they've clearly already done their due diligence in terms of like, oh, you know, why, why is Bitcoin worth being a part of? But they're now going to take those talking points that we've been shouting from the rooftops for ages um, and dispel all the FUD because they want to present Bitcoin in the light that they understand it in and say like, hey, you know, the, the slow and expensive trope is BS and here's why. Because lightning um, and and other technologies built on top of it, um, they're they're going to go through. They're going to dispel all of the environmental fud. They're going to start talking. You know, it's it's going to become more common knowledge, at least um, at least in like a financial sense, as to why Bitcoin is good for our energy grids, why it helps, um, because it's all going to be part of their their selling points around why they're you know why they want a bitcoin etf they're going to want to make it look good and so you know they'll they'll do the legwork for us and if there's fuckery afoot later on then uh you know run your node and and uh who cares 100 percent, exactly know? right yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it's uh pretty interesting though um uh i i think it's a double-edged sword there'll be positives there'll be negatives um but if you hold your own keys if you run a node, if you do all those things, then, um, you know, you're not especially affected either way. So fantastic. What, what did you say in the, in the very beginning, right? It's like, don't sell your, don't sell your Bitcoin to BlackRock. Yeah. Uh, this, this would be like the worst time to sell your Bitcoin. Like after all this, all this news is coming out and then you're just giving it to Larry Fink. Like, ah, yeah. Well, imagine, and like, think of what happened to gold after, uh, it was, uh, the first gold ETFs came out. And that was at a time where the majority of the world, like the entire world was already utilizing gold as a store of value. And, you know, these central banks were holding it, all of these things, all these institutions were already holding gold and then ETFs happened. Um, and, and the demand for it went up from there. Um, Bitcoin has not had time to proliferate around the gold, around the around the world like gold has, um, and so there's so few people that actually have custody of Bitcoin that, especially like meaningful amounts, that an ETF going now and the demand for an actually scarce asset, um, yeah, it could be <laughs> could could be a hell of a time. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that it's gonna be a hell of a it's it's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be crazy, and and one of the things also that I remember that he said in the podcast, which is like really resonated with me as well, is um, is he said that it, Bitcoin is unique in the sense that uh, it's kind of like it, it 
it, Wall Street didn't get in first and then Main Street. It was mainstream got Main Street got in first and then it was Wall Street. And I thought that comment was just so fascinating, right? And then this kind of like coincides with what you're saying, right? Which is don't sell your Bitcoin to BlackRock. There's not going to be enough Bitcoin to go around, right? And just don't sell it to these people. Like don't sell it. Like you got in first. You front ran BlackRock. Now you yeah. owe it to yourself not to not to get uh not to get rid of your advantage by selling your bitcoin i also uh praveen in the comments says hopefully blackrock etf gets rejected so we can stack more <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine yeah it'd be great i i i don't mind this sideways action yeah bring yeah. it on yeah it's okay time to stack exactly time to stack anyways uh Ben, we got another prediction right on Simply Sessions, which is uh, we were making the case that, um, you know, uh, that Hong Kong was being used as this testing ground. This is a, kind of this narrative that we've been beating the the drum on. But before I, I get to that, um, I, I also so we have a bank in we have a bank in in France. We have a bank in Spain. We have a bank in, in Germany, some of the biggest banks in those countries. And now HSBC, which is this massive bank in Hong Kong, they're rolling out uh, cryptocurrency services as well. And then our theory of the case, I think, was really proved right by this political article that dropped uh, about two or three days ago. And the name of the article is China's move to control the blockchain. It goes on to say, as the United States, the world's largest financial power, continues to mull its approach to crypto regulation within the House Financial Services Committee, expect to consider a bill next month. Financial centers in place, including London, Dubai and Singapore, have sought have sought to set themselves up as alternative crypto hubs. And remember, Jack Mahler's warned about this during the crypto policy summit, which was thrown by uh, the uh, uh, the Bitcoin Policy Institute. Mm -hmm. Shout out David Zell, and he said, like he he warned the regulators. There, I think there was a couple senators that, that were in the audience. He said, "Listen, like you, like do you want Bitcoin companies to pay taxes in Texas, or do you want Bitcoin companies to pay taxes in Dubai?" Right. Um, but it goes on to say, but thanks to Hong Kong, China is taking two approaches to crypto at once. On the mainland, Beijing has banned global crypto networks while developing and promoting more versions of next generation monetary technology that provide greater control to the Chinese Communist Party government. But through its special administrative region in Hong Kong, Beijing has also been able to carve out a niche in the freewheeling global markets for digital assets that would compete with other free market financial hubs. Despite being denominated in dollars, the world's most popular stablecoin, Tether, is owned by a Hong Kong-based company. Earlier this month, and I think here's the signal out of all this, the Bank of China, a majority state-owned firm headquartered in Beijing, issued a issued $28 million of debt on Ethereum through its Hong Kong-based investment arm. The move allows the government to take advantage of open blockchain networks for its own purposes without giving up its control over the financial activity of average citizens. Also this month, the Financial Times reported that regulators in Hong Kong are pressuring large banks in the region to provide banking services to crypto exchanges, inverting a dynamic in the U.S. where many banks are reluctant to take on crypto clients because of the industry's unsettled legal status. So 
this is absolutely insane. And this is something that, Ben, we called this, right? They're using Hong Kong. They're using the one country, two systems to, uh, you know, like, okay, mainland China, you know, let's, let's keep you guys controlled and under this central bank digital currency system. Uh, you know, we, 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 we want total social control there. But then in Hong Kong, which is kind of laissez-faire um, city, they're saying, hey, let's let's have the let's take on the benefits of, you know, this Bitcoin thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I find that absolutely fascinating. We know how the CCP feels about Bitcoin. They banned Bitcoin in, in the mainland. They banned Bitcoin mining. But here here it is again. Bitcoin's incentives stay stay winning and they're irresistible. And even, you know, one of the most powerful nation states in the world can't even resist Bitcoin's incentives. They they want to benefit from it. So I think this is a this creates a huge risk for U.S. regulators. You know, the last thing that they want to do is scare off, you know, whatever happens to the shitcoin company, so be it. But could you imagine some U.S. regulators scaring off Bitcoin companies to you know their current political enemies which is china it'd be catastrophic you know so i think they're playing with fire here and i think jack Mahler's uh warning in the bitcoin policy summit was warranted yeah well it's 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 funny because you're watching china have to they're, they're basically trying to have their cake and eat it too right and i don't think that necessarily works it works a little bit easier in china given that they you know hong kong is kind of segregated from the rest but like the reality of it is people can still use Bitcoin in China. People can are still like a, a huge portion of the hash rate is still in China. So Bitcoin is very immune to government crackdowns. Um, but, you know, the the result of this is going, you know, I, I think you're right, is going to be, well, we don't want them to beat us. And so you're going to see more favorable, uh, you know, more favorable looks at it across the pond and and here in North America and in Europe, perhaps, you know, if they, if they don't, if China begins to benefit from it, then Western nations will have to take us a second look and be like, Oh, if we overregulate this and they're reaping the benefits and we're not, then we better, we better get our shit together and actually, and, and it's much more likely to be, a less draconian touch than China. And I know there's some accelerationists in the chat right now that are like, no, be as, as draconian as possible. So people realize that they need freedom money. Um, and, you know, I would echo that a little bit as well, but uh, I kind of think that this is what's going to play out nonetheless. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, and I'm, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the accelerationist. Like, so be it, you know, it's kind of like with the, you know, the central bankers, like we make fun of them. We make fun of Christine Lagarde saying, you know, she's blaming inflation on the weather and, you know, quote unquote, climate change. And they're just trying to justify the printing of money. But at the same time, I think the more money the print they print, like, yes, it, it sucks because it's kind of bittersweet. Like they're dev- they're hurting people. But at the same time, they are accelerating this adoption of Bitcoin as people, you know, flee. They use to use her words, right? They find the escape valve and they're like, they're going to use it. They're like, you know, F this system. So, yeah, man, I echo uh, what you're saying. I, I got I to bring up something in the chat for you just because I, I don't know if you were going to touch on it. But I feel like it's something that we have to just quickly touch on. 
uh, Robbie was asking about, you guys have thoughts on Nigel Farage and his bank account getting closed. Did you hear about that? I did, and I actually covered it today on Simply. I didn't add it to the Simply. That's session. okay. I, I, I wanted to quickly touch on it just because uh, for, for those unfamiliar, um, he was like, he's in the UK. He was like a broadcaster. He was part of, I can't remember what political party it was, but he also very much backed Brexit and took it to a referendum and all this stuff. And he's like, he got screwed. Like he, they, they shut down his bank account and said like, Hey, you can't have a bank account. And then he's like, Oh, well that sucks. I'll go to the other banks then I guess, and try and get another bank account. He went to like seven banks and they all told him no. And he's just like a politician. I, he thinks that it stemmed from an opposition, uh, somebody from the opposition of him uh, saying that he was accepting Russian money. But there's no like precedent to actually show that any of that happened. It was just hearsay. But because of that, he was designated as a pep i think it's called like a politically exposed person and now all the banks are like no you just can't you can't bank anymore you know that money that you like to use so you can live that's not allowed um so, so he's just he's like i might have to leave the uk because i can't like how do you do anything so, how insane is that dude it is so insane and um you know, I, I think that this is just the beginning of it, but uh, Beautyon, the founder of Azteco, he made a really good point um, in this quote tweet that he said, and I think it's really like a very powerful call to action. He says, Nigel uh, accepts the this abuse because he refuses to act like the English uh, used to act. First of all, there is no, quote, right to a bank account. There are no, quote, our banks. Banks are businesses that belong to the shareholders, not the account holders or society. Second, it's 2023. Everyone who wants access to financial rails could have it through Bitcoin, right? And then he goes on to say, all, all you Nigel needs to do is download Samurai Wallet, Breeze, Blue Wallet, Wallet of Satoshi. There's so many others. In 2023, being a victim is a choice. And I think that's a very, very powerful statement by Beauty On because now we have a viable alternative and that viable alternative is Bitcoin. Yes, 100%. Like it's... You know, me and my wife, me and Lisa were having a conversation about this because I came out and I was like, you got to hear this crap that happened. And she's like, what? Like, what do we do if that happens to us? Because she never would have entertained the idea like if it was two years ago. But now that, every, you know, everything that happened in Canada, she's like, oh, that is a thing that could happen. And she hates that idea. But, you know, I'm talking with her. I'm like, we would it would be a massive pain in the ass, but also we would be OK. Um, because they would, what they, they would, they would get our debt. So congratulations for that. Um, and, and then we would still have our money. I would still be able to get paid because my income is primarily all, all Bitcoin. And then I'd be able to use various, um, mechanisms through which I could still pay bills. I could still, you know, get food and, and groceries and gas and all that stuff. Um, I'd be able to still pay, even for like car insurance and stuff like that, I have to pay like the whole year up front. But so there'd be certain things that are a huge pain in the ass. I'd still be able to pay my mortgage. And that's because of Bitcoin. Like it gives me the power to do that, even in the face of like a worst case scenario. It wouldn't be easy, but it would be possible and it would be impossible for somebody not on a Bitcoin standard. 
Amen to that, brother. Yeah. And and what you said was so powerful, right? Because Bitcoin gives you two powers, right? Gives you the power to vote with your wallet, which is what you were just talking about. Like, look, my money's in self-custody. I'm protected. It also gives you the power, like, you know, if push comes to shove, uh, Ben, and, you know, shit gets hairy in the U.S. or shit gets hairy in, you know, in Canada, it's like you could take your wealth with you, right? You know, if you're in a pickle, you will memorize 12 words. If your life depends on it, you will memorize those bad boys. I don't suggest it, but, you know, it it, it empowers it empowers individuals to just leave. Like before Bitcoin, you had to like hide gold on your body, hide cash. You know, like those smugglers where they see like they like put a bunch of cash on their body and stuff like there was no effective way. You know, Wolf of Wall Street style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that's that's the scene I'm thinking about. Yeah. Uh, Praveen just asked really quick, how, how would you pay your mortgage in Canada? Um, Bull Bitcoin and Bitcoin Well both have mechanisms with which tie into uh, Canadian payment systems where you basically say, hey, I want to pay this bill. This is the bill or this is the account number. And uh, it basically just brings up a QR code. You send Bitcoin and they do the rest of the legwork and the payment gets made within typically one, maybe two business days. It's super slick. Like it's it's it has made my life immeasurably easier on on a Bitcoin standard. It's incredible. So hats off to Francis at Bull Bitcoin because he's he's kicking ass and taking names. Hell yeah, hell yeah, bro. Uh, Francis is doing Satoshi's work. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Anyways, all right. So uh, another win. Uh, this was the IMF basically admitting that uh, that they can't get rid of this thing. Uh, it goes on to say. In a June 2022 report on Latin America and Caribbean, the IMF pointed to various approaches taken by local governments in addressing the adoption of cryptocurrencies and central bank digital currencies. The IMF said Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Ecuador, whose government's regulation of crypto was, quote, in progress, ranked among the highest countries in the world for the adoption of digital assets in an effort to help the unbanked send faster and cheaper payments and more. In addition, according to the fund, most central banks in the region, quote, have or are considering adopting digital currencies. It goes on to say, if well-designed CBDCs can strengthen the usability, resilience, efficiency of payment systems, increase financial inclusion, said the IMF, while a few countries have completely banned crypto assets given their risks, this approach may not be effective in the long run. The region should instead focus on addressing the drivers of crypto demand, including citizens' unmet digital payment needs, and on improving transparency by recording crypto asset transactions and national statistics. That is a bunch of bullshit. They don't they don't mention inflation, which is the sole reason as to why people are seeking an alternative. Look, if you live in Canada, if you live in Europe, uh, you don't need more efficient payments. Like Cash App is dope, Zelle is dope, uh, Venmo works pretty well, PayPal works pretty well, right? Um, unless you're Nigel Farage, of course. But for most people, it works pretty well, right? So I just love the fact that they just skirt, they just continue to skirt around that. And then here is, you know, their cope. So they say, look, you know, uh, you can't really ban cryptos, you know, but we, we, we need more efficient payment systems. And then they roll out, you know, they, they, you know, they, they show their cards. They say the IMF initiates development of a global digital currency platform. It, even, it goes on to say, even though cryptocurrencies don't receive the warmest welcome globally, CBDCs are flourishing. Central bank digital currencies have received increased attention in recent months. Global regulators and policymakers have dedicated their efforts to exploring and evaluating this emerging technology. 
Now, according to the latest report, the IMF is developing a platform for central bank digital currencies. Uh, the IMF managing director, Christina Georgieva, stated that the IMF is developing the platform to facilitate easier transactions between countries. Georgieva told a conference in, in Morocco, CBDC should not be fragmented national propositions to have more efficient and fair transactions. We need systems that connect countries. We need interoperability. Well, you know what I got to say about this? The intermediaries are trying to come up with reasons as to why the intermediary should still exist, even though we have a technology that does all the things that she just mentioned. We have something that already does that, yeah. but they're not they're not incentivized to understand that, because if they are to understand that, that they would understand that they're out of a job, they're going to be out of, out of a job very quickly, you know. But at the end of the day, the IMF is a very powerful institution. And I don't think they, they're just going to go gently into that good night. I think they're going to pull up a, a little bit of a fight. It's it's hilarious how they're framing it because it's like, oh, we need to use this new technology so that we can have fast payments. Do you, do you think that they don't have the technology to make an international payment fast now, like without like a, a quote unquote blockchain? It's not it's not about that. The reason that all of these things are slow and antiquated and shitty is is because they've regulated themselves into obsolescence and their draconian laws and their censorship prevent them from making things simple and quick to transact. Like it's you've got to jump through hoops to to send money. Uh, yeah, are the systems old as old as shit? Absolutely. Could they upgrade them? Absolutely. But it wasn't until Bitcoin came along and said, hey, we're going to do all this and censorship resistant as well and make it better money so that you can't debase it, that they're now saying, oh, everybody just wanted fast payments. They wanted to be able to pay people fast. It's not at all the, re the main reason that people are so interested in Bitcoin. And it's it's going to like especially why they're saying oh these they shouldn't be segregated you know little walled gardens from country to country we need we need a system altogether well i'm sure they're they're more than willing to step in and fill that role and have absolute control over the world's central bank digital currencies i'm sure that you know i'm i'm sure it's not it's it's altruistic what they're going after right they they just want to be a helping hand they don't, there's no way that they want to be able to exert control on all of the world's currencies at once, right? That couldn't be it. Could of it? course, no, man. They, dude, they're good people, bro. Uh, Klaus, you know, I've had dinner with Klaus. He, he's just misunderstood. You know, yeah. he doesn't want you to eat bugs. It's, it's all yeah. a lie. It's all yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you you probably had a nice steak dinner, but he's 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 advising bugs. That's all. <laughs> you know, he he doesn't want you to own nothing and be happy. That that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. Um, it's you know, like Alex Gladstein's book. You know, maybe it's it's a misrepresentation of you know the good wills of the IMF and the good people and the good intentions. Dude, that book. <laughs> I've never like. It's it, seldom have I read a book and been so angry the entire time. Um, and except for the end where there's the glimmer of hope and you start to like, it was such a refreshing reprise as he gets to near the end of the book. And he starts talking about, you know, the African Bitcoin conference and Farida 
uh, Nabarima talking about how, you know, escaping this, this economic colonialism with Bitcoin is a real thing. And yeah, man, if you, if you haven't read, uh, what's it called? Economic, economic repression by Alex Gladstein, check it out. It is, it is excellent. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's a, it's an absolutely phenomenal book. Anyways, Ben, uh, big news uh, came out this this week, and I actually have. Do I have the notes still? Yes, I do have the notes. Awesome. Okay, so big news this week: crypto firm Prime Trust placed into receivership. Uh, goes on to say, uh, Prime Trust only holds a three point five percent of cash owed to clients. The receivership request filed in Nevada on Tuesday states that Prime Trust which was previously a financial infrastructure provider for Binance US and others owes to its clients more than $85 million in fiat currency with only $3 million on hand. Additionally, the company owes $69.5 million in crypto and holds $68.6 million in crypto assets. This move from the Nevada uh, from Nevada comes only days after custodian Bitco withdrew its uh, its bid to acquire Prime Trust. It also follows a cease and desist order issued by the state, which claimed that Prime Trust was on the verge of insolvency. Even more troubling, the filing uh, reveals that Prime Trust is operating with a $12 million equity deficit and is facing challenges as, as, uh, accessing some of its crypto wallets. While Prime Trust has entered into agreement with Fireblocks to manage its crypto assets in 2020, new management reverted back to a legacy wallet management system in January 2021. It was then discovered in December 2021 that Prime Trust was unable to access these legacy wallets and the cryptocurrencies held within them. While Prime Trust was unable to access these wallets, it is alleged the firm used its clients' fiat currency accounts to purchase crypto to be used for processing crypto-denominated withdrawals. Prime Trust efforts to regain access to crypto wallets while still ongoing have been unsuccessful. The receivership aims to appoint a receiver to oversee Prime Trust operations, examine its finances, and determine the best course of action to protect clients and potentially through re rehabilitation or liquidation. And I know what a lot of you guys are thinking, uh, you know, this, what about, this is Binance, so does it matter? Uh, Prime Trust was used by Bitcoin-only exchanges uh, such as Strike, uh, such as Fold, such as Swan. Uh, luckily, Strike, Fold, and Swan got out on time, and none of their customers have been affected, and the withdrawals have not been stopped. Um, but it, you know, not all these platforms were so lucky. Coinbits appears to not have gotten out on time, and it seems like all their services are currently on pause, right? So this is crazy, you know, all this, you know, all this stuff is is just happening in, you know, in in uh in uh this so much stuff happens in in Bitcoin time. It happens so freaking quickly all the time. Um and I think that this is just another example of not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Take self custody, right? Yeah. And shout out to a lot of these, you know, a, a lot of these uh, you know, a, a lot of these 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 Bitcoin companies that you know advocate for that specifically swan right they you know they push hard on uh their users taking self-custody so yeah it, it's just you know if if you don't you know want that third part third party counterparty risk uh you definitely want to take self-custody and then this also applies to the other bitcoin companies that are taking the other approach where they're the custodian and the broker you're still trusting them 
right? Yeah. So, you know, and then you, you'll have situations where you'll have situations like FTX or Mt. Gox where they were the broker and they were the custodian, right? So at the end of the day, you know, uh, whichever, whichever way the Bitcoin company decides to approach it, whether they want the custodian and the broker to be separate or they are the custodian or the broker, um, at the end of the day, it's not your keys, not your Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So I think the lesson here is take self-custody. And uh, I think, you know, if you take self-custody, the world could be burning around you and you'll be okay. You'll be protected. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you you get you got to sit back and relax during all of this if you just took custody of your coins. And uh, uh, one note on you were saying how uh, the, the customer funds, they owe like 68 million and they hold like 63 or whatever it was. Anyways, most of the, the crypto that they hold is in some shit coin called audio. I saw that. Holy <laughs> and, shit. And it's like super illiquid. So like, there's no way they're going to be able to sell all of that for like the 60 something million worth that they need to like pay back clients for. So like the, the, <laughs> what they're actually going to get back from that is, is much less than people are expecting. And so it's, it's an even bigger hole than, than we thought. Uh, so that's funny, I guess. <laughs> like What, what a mess. And, the, and this is, what's the what's the the term for it preferred uh custodian or, or or uh uh yeah so there's broker and there's custodian this was a custodian prime trust was a custodian but but and um, there's there's like a special uh because they're a trust and there's there's yeah. shit that they're not supposed to do like fully not supposed to do at all and yeah like each customer is supposed to have like their their funds or like each entity is like segregated and yep. untouched and yeah that obviously wasn't happening that wasn't happening, but you know, I, I, I think, I think, uh, whichever model, because like, so the trust model is protected by the law. So like clearly prime trust broke the law here, like it's yeah. clear as day. Right. Yeah. Um, and tried to cover it up too. And tried to cover it up. Right. So, but at the end of the day, even if you're trusting, uh, an exchange that is both the broker and the custodian, you're still trusting them not to do the same. Right. At least with the trust side of things, there is some type of legal protection. But I think it all boils down to the same thing. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. You're still trusting another human being with your money. Right. And this yeah. applies to banks. This applies to everything else. If when you trust another human being with your money, they have control over you. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the solution to this is you take self-custody. And regardless of what would happen to any exchange, you know that your Bitcoin is safe. Right. Yeah. And you'll be OK. And I think that's really the the clear message here is that, you know, trust no one. Really, I think that's or trust minimize your setup as much as humanly possible. I, th I think we need the X-Files theme uh, every, every time. Every time uh, another exchange implodes is the the trust no one. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, I need to put that on my soundboard for, for yeah. next time. <laughs> Trust no one. I want to believe. <laughs> At the end of the day, Bitcoiners are going to be some of the most jaded bunch. <laughs> I know. I know. It's great. Yeah. Amazing. Um, do you want to uh, quickly touch on the, the Damas thing before we uh, wrap? Absolutely. We could definitely do that, that we were out of time. All right. So Domus, uh, Domus is the app that, uh, that you use on iOS to connect with Noster and they've been going, uh, they've been, ha they've had a two week battle with Apple, 
uh, to, and I think we actually started covering this on Simply Sessions to uh, basically, hey, uh, we're going to remove you from the App Store if you don't disable the Bitcoin tips feature called Zaps. Uh, and they were forced to do so. Uh, and it sucks as a content creator. Actually, Ben, we talked about this at Bitcoin 2023, right? Mm -hmm. There's only so many ways that you can monetize. You can make money as a content creator. And I was so bullish on peer-to-peer, -peer, on, you know, value for value. And, you know, I, I, shout out Fountain, shout out uh, Geyser. They're great, too. Um, you know, there's awesome Bitcoin companies that are working on this. But what I loved about uh, Damas and Noster is that, dude, like I would just copy paste my videos and people would just send me, zap me a thousand sats, mm -hmm. you know, and then you think, oh, that, that's not that's not that much money, whatever. It's like, OK, what if and when Bitcoin reaches dollar sat parity? Those are thousands of dollars that are being streamed to me because of my proof of work. And, and, and you know, Ben, I know that you're an Android maxi. Right, I still haven't made the conversion, okay? Because Apple just makes it so freaking convenient. You might soon now. I, I think I'm gonna have to just get an extra phone so I can still get zapped because I'm addicted to those zaps. But yeah, man, uh, Apple protecting their payment moat. Uh, they have Apple Pay. They they want to remain. They want to remain intermediaries because that's how they collect uh, some rent and some fees. But you know, uh, look, this was always a single point of failure. This is always a weak point because mm -hmm. Apple forces iOS users to download their apps through the app store. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, you know, you can kind of do like prog progressive web apps and stuff like that, but um, you know, like you're on Android. Yes. There's the Google play store, but you have F droid, you have um, I can't remember recall the other one, but there's multiple app stores that you can go through to install and you can just install APK files as well. So you, you have a lot more freedom with how you utilize your phone. Um, yeah, and, and Apple just doesn't have that. And I don't think they're going to loosen up that stranglehold. I think that they may have to, at some point, reverse course on, on their stance on Zaps and, and Noster and all this stuff, especially if it becomes ubiquitous elsewhere. Um, they're, you know, much like when they initially banned Bitcoin wallets and actually when they did that in 2014, 2015, that's why I now use Android. I switched from oh. iPhone at that point. I, cause I was just getting into Bitcoin. I was like, well, I'm super interested in this. Like, you know how it, it eats up all your time, especially when you first get in and to see that be banned. I was like, okay, well, I guess I just need to not use iPhones anymore. And so I switched over. And once I kind of got the freedom of being able to do kind of whatever the hell I wanted with my phone, uh, and I had already been jailbreaking my iPhones before, but I was like, I, yeah, why, why go back to that? Like I still use a Mac computer because it's, it works well and everything like that. But if they were to try and do a similar thing to Macs where you couldn't install your own software, which would be suicide, we all know that. But if they were to try, yeah, I'd probably just move fully to Linux and it would be a pain in the ass, but it'd be so bad for content creation. Oh, it would be so bad. Yes. But, um, but like in that, in, you know, if I couldn't install a Bitcoin wallet on my Mac, you better believe I wouldn't be using a Mac anymore. Do you think they'll take it? I, I don't see for, so for the phone, I, I think that they can get away with murder. Right. Yeah. But for, for a computer, yeah, no, they, I don't think they'd ever be able to do it on a computer because it, the whole point of a computer is to be able to install yeah. whatever software you want and be able to do what you want with it. Um, you know, they have their curated app store, but obviously everybody's so used to on a computer, you download something from the browser and install it. Like you don't always just go to the app store for your 
computer exactly. applications. So exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. I, I would have to join you. I would have to, I would yeah. have like my CBDC computer, which would be the Mac. <laughs> and then I would have my freedom computer, which would be like a Linux, like, you know, like on a, I don't know. I don't even know that world, like uh, on a crazy hardcore laptop or something. I don't know. Yeah. My, my, I've got a couple Linux. I've just got like an Intel nook sitting beside me. So I've got, I've got dual screens, but I actually have it. There's a program called, uh, Oh, what the hell is it called? It's um, Synergy. Basically, I can have my Mac and I have my Mac on two screens, but I can drag across into the Linux computer with the same mouse and control it all from one. That's so I crazy. can kind of have both. I can't drag applications, but I can still control it from the same mouse. What? So, That's yeah. nuts, dude. That's absolutely <laughs> crazy. No, speaking of software, dude, mm -hmm. I am fucking in love with... Uh, the embassy pro like the the bad Yo, boy mine is, gets here on tuesday dude it is amazing bro i i have it i have it set up it, it, ren you'll appreciate this i'll have it set up i have it set up with uh i have it set up with i'm an electrum junkie and i love electrum and i have it set up with my electrum via tor and i can connect to my node remotely and it is like the most freaking surreal dude it's like da, 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 it's, da, it's beautiful da, da, da. and they've got they've got shit coming down the pike soon like with a, a ton of updates this year where the connectivity options like one of my main things was like oh they didn't have tail scale but they're going to have options for like other private vpn things where you can just kind of tunnel through in a private connection they're also going to have uh clearnet and a whole bunch of other things happening later this year um and it's bad but yeah my my pro gets here on tuesday and dude oh it looks it looks pretty sweet uh i was gonna talk i'm gonna talk about it after uh after we wrap here but yeah man it's it looks good it's amazing yellow calm down sirs wait hold on yeah <laughs> yeah yellow is, I, I, I will i will not calm down no yellow. no no <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, dude, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I get to see you in person in like, are we just going to do it? We'll just do a video together. Yeah. Here, yeah. In my hometown. I'm excited. I'm Nico, come, come Nico in Canada. Maybe, maybe we'll just do it from this room. We'll just roll you in another chair and we could just do it here. Oh man. The BTC sessions studio. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe but I ha should I sit on the left or right? What's, what's easier. I don't know. Also my screen is my, my camera's mirrored right now. So like, like, Oh, oh wait, no, it's opposite. Can I there, drag myself? There you go. Yeah. I can't there. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Technology. Uh, Technology. This was fun. All right, Ben. Thank you so much. All right, guys. This was your Simply Simply Sessions. I'll see you guys later. Peace. Later, man. <laughs> awesome. All right. A uh, few more things before we wrap up here. Let's take a look at uh, some exciting stuff that I saw technology-wise this week. Uh, just wanted to touch on Bitcoin Keeper. I haven't had a lot of time to play with this, but they're killing it. Uh, Keeper, basically... Um, app on your phone you can manage hot wallets cold wallets multi-sig all of that they incorporated whirlpool now for android users it was already accessible on ios but yeah now you can do a whirlpool there and um yeah kudos to them uh it 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 now and you can now directly send mixes uh from whirlpool to your multi-sig vaults that's that's pretty awesome so i i gotta get playing i'll do i'll do a tutorial on it at some point um 
in the realm of Noster, there's now streaming on Noster. So I'm going to have to figure that out. Maybe I can do some live streaming to Noster, uh, see how that will work. I got, I got to do some playing. Um, but nonetheless, uh, snort.social added streaming, uh, which is super awesome. And beyond that, Amethyst also added live streams and live streaming chats. Uh, so I've got some more learning to do. Uh, that looks pretty awesome. I'm going to have to play around. Now, we were just talking about Start OS, Start 9. Uh, they did just release their, and it actually dropped um, their latest uh, update, which actually improves Tor reliability quite a bit. I was having Tor issues. Uh, it was dropping a little bit. Those seem to have been basically fully resolved. So that's awesome. And in terms of uh, arriving next next Tuesday, my, uh, my Server Pro, oh, look at the specs on this thing. Uh, yeah, so they've got start OS on, it's basically kind of like an Intel nook, but it's got, uh, basically got the Intel management engine disabled in the firmware, which basically makes it as, you know, as, as open source kind of as you can with, with the, the firmware and the hardware, um, processors and I seven, uh, 1.8 gigahertz up to 4.9. Uh, it's got 32 gigs of Ram two terabyte hard drive. Um, yeah, the thing looks like a beast. Very excited to get my hands on it. Um, and then also uh, somebody was asking about migrating lightning nodes. So I did a video on migrating. I migrated my Umbra lightning node over to my start nine uh, and they had an easy button basically to do it. Uh, you can go back and watch the tutorial, but it's a few clicks. It's pretty simple. Uh, but um, somebody's asking about doing that for like my node and everything. And, uh, and actually they said any day now we'll be launching a new version of LND and it includes similar actions to migrate from my node and Raspi blitz. So if you're on one of those and you were looking to migrate, then the option will be there for you if you want it. Um, yeah, anyways, enough, enough about that. I'm, I'm just excited to get my new device. Uh, Apart from that, coming up soon, reason Nico's going to be in town, uh, we've got the Bitcoin Rodeo happening next week, the 4th and the 5th of July in my hometown of Calgary. Uh, I'm actually excited for this particular, and some of you may be unfamiliar with, with some of these people, but I still think it's super interesting. There's going to be a panel called Why Alberta is the Place for Bitcoin. Um, there's uh, a publisher called uh, The Western Standard and... Um, uh, the individual that runs that is going to be moderating it. Uh, we've got the Minister of Technology and Innovation in Alberta. We've got uh, a guy, a good friend of mine um, that, that I really love spending time with. Uh, his name is Graham Wardle. He was on a show, a Canadian show called Heartland um, for like 15 seasons as basically like the main character. Uh, but he's like huge into Bitcoin and freedom. Uh, which lines up quite nicely. He's going to be on that panel. And then we've got Ben Harper. He's from Luxor. And he doesn't like to say this publicly a lot because he wants, I think he, you know, he's, he's his own person, but he's the son of our former prime minister in Canada. He's Stephen Harper's son. Uh, so he's going to be on that panel as well. So there's a lot of unique people talking about Alberta and Bitcoin. Uh, very excited for that. Anyways, uh, if you're in town, if you want to check it out, go to bitcoinrodeo.com. And uh, there's still some still some tickets kicking around if you want to join us. It should be good. It'll be nice, like kind of intimate setting uh, and uh, lots of opportunity to like actually link up and chat with individuals and everything. So should be a good time. Um, in other news, I dropped a tutorial yesterday, yesterday uh, for Phoenix. 
Um, so I've been kind of searching for a go-to lightning wallet that I can recommend to people just as like a, an easy onboarding. And I didn't want to just be default sending people to custodial options, even though they're nice and they're easy. Um, and I got to play around in Oslo. Uh, I settled on Phoenix wallet as, as kind of my go-to now. And actually I use it quite a bit. It's, it's very intuitive. It's very simple to use. Onboarding is like a minute and you can send somebody their first transaction now, because it's non-custodial, there's a channel setup fee the first time, which I tend to phrase as just, <clears throat> it's a, it's a, like a connection fee. Um, it's about a dollar. So as long as you're sending like, you know, five or 10 bucks, then <clears throat> you can kind of just say, Hey, this is a connection fee. And then after that you can send and receive, uh, for cheap anyways. Um, yeah, if you want to check that out. If you haven't tried it already, check out the tutorial. Uh, but also if you're looking for easy onboarding for friends and family, Phoenix, in my opinion, is kind of the way to go if you want them to self-custody. And the backup is is very familiar because it's 12, uh, a 12-word 12 seed phrase. Um, so anyways, check it out. Worth taking a look at. Uh, and with that, I'm going to wrap up. Thank you guys so much for uh, joining me. Uh, of course, like, subscribe, share, all those things, super important. You can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors in the show notes, Hoddle, Hoddle, CoinKite, Nunchuck, and Start9. Um, you can also head over to my website, btcsessions.ca. You'll find a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, and uh, and you can actually book me there for private sessions. You can scan the little thingy on, on the screen or just go to the website and you'll find it there. Um, and if you really, really liked what you saw, you can always drop me uh, a, a lightning tip at my geyser fund page. So on the website, you can just scroll down. There's a little LN URL, but if you click on it, it'll actually take you to the page. Uh, and yeah, you can, uh, you can send sats there. There's also a QR up on the screen right now that'll take you directly to the geyser fund page as well. So uh, anyways, with that, uh, and, and apologies for the muddling around as I discover all of the, the features of, of, uh, of this site. Uh, but it's kind of cool and I like it and I love having the chat on the side there. I hope you guys enjoy that too. It's kind of nice being able to see the stream of people saying everything as me and Nico go through this. I'm going to keep this in the live stream for why are we bullish as well? I think that would be an excellent addition to the show, having the visibility of what people are saying to the guests and everything. So nonetheless, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, and as always, I will see you guys next time for your daily session. Hold the Bitcoin.